0: Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go. Let's go. The book of Luke chapter number seven. The Gospel according to St. Luke chapter number seven, reading from the first through the tenth verse. Here is what it says in the New Living Translation. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, all what? Well, go back to verse uh, to to chapter number six and you'll find where he's talking about uh, not judging others and building on a solid foundation. The tree and and good fruit producing good things and uh, evil uh, person producing bad things. After he's finished saying all of that stuff. He returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say uh, some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I am not even worthy to come out and meet you. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. Can you imagine his disciples? <laughs> like for real, sir? Um, we're standing right here. Did, did, you, did you say that in front of me? Or are you still holding that whole boat thing against me or? <laughs> I was scared, okay. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, They found the slave completely healed. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. If you're taking notes on this message, and you should be taking notes, why? Nerds Nerds rule the world. The title of this message is simply God's Word Works. God's Word Works. Say it with me. God's Word Works. Say it with an attitude. God's word works. Now say it with your chest now. God's word works. Little bit of flavor now. God's words works. That's what we're talking about today. Value your heads, Let's pray over the word. shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to believe your word. Amen. Luke's account of Jesus and his earthly ministry is absolutely profound to everyone that has been exposed to him at this time. The three and a half years of Jesus's earthly ministry is profound and intriguing to Gentiles and unbelievers. They are just completely enamored and attracted to Jesus's ministry because it is so unique It is such a breath of fresh air, and it's going to places and found in spaces that the religious leaders simply didn't occupy. Jesus, as this Messiah, as this servant leader, was not trapped behind the four walls of the church. He was not in the quote unquote ivory tower of theological thought, theological thought, hindering himself uh, and disconnecting himself from being around people. Uh, that were common. And so he was attractive to unbelievers, but the religious leaders could not stand him. The religious leaders couldn't stand him because he did not fit in their theological box. He wouldn't stay where he was supposed to be put. He didn't graduate from their theological seminary, nor was he yoked to any of the thought leaders of their rabbinical ilk. He was outside of the parameters of what it meant to be a leader In that day. And it is that Jesus that gets the attention of this Roman centurion. This Roman centurion has a highly valued slaves that he is endeared to and he wants to see him get better. And he had heard that Jesus had been doing some significant things. He never saw it. He just heard it. He had never experienced it for himself, but the word that got back to him and the way that word was described to him, he said that this man could probably do something for my sick slave. So he sends out word to his Jewish friends to see if Jesus would come to his house. Here's the thing that's interesting about Luke's narrative that differs from Matthew's. Matthew's narrative in chapter number eight is an abbreviated uh, 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 discussion and uh, recap of what happened. Uh, and Luke's is the more expansive one. In, in, in Matthew's narrative, it seems like the Roman centurion came to Jesus in person. But the full story is that the Roman centurion never came to Jesus and met him face to face. He sent his word. He sent his word to go see if Jesus would come and bring his word. So the Jewish leaders go out and they find Jesus and they say, Jesus, you should come. This is a nice Roman. Like, 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 he built us a synagogue. Now, this, le- this to let you know, this has upped the whole profile of this Roman centurion. Because it didn't say that he contributed to the building fund. <laughs> this centurion has some bread. It says that he built us a synagogue. He found some land. Boom, synagogue. Built it for him. And he says, uh, he, he wants you to come. Jesus didn't come because of that. He was, he was already impressed with the faith. This guy has only heard about me. And he believes I can do stuff. I'll come over there. So as he starts walking based on the Jewish people's word, the Jewish leaders words, Jesus starts walking to uh, the centurion's house. But while he was walking to the house, the centurion kind of like it dawned on him, like, you know what? I just sent out some of my Jewish friends to go get Jesus's attention. And it seems like uh, that's going to happen. Wait, I just want to let me slow down real quick. I just gave my word. To some Jewish leaders to get Jesus' attention, and it worked. He's coming. If my word worked, like that. And 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 I'm only under a little bit of authority. I mean, I got Caesar over me, but then I have authority over a hundred men under me. If my word could work to get Jesus' attention, I actually don't need him to come. To my house, you know, it's complicated anyway because the Jew's not supposed to be in the Gentile's house. And, and that could be seen. I know Jesus be breaking rules and stuff, but I don't want to make him uncomfortable at all. So, you know, maybe, you know what? You know what? You know, you know what? Let me. Hey, hey, y'all. Chris, Toby. I don't know. I just made him that. Um, <laughs> it's my story and his story. Chris, Toby, um, I know we sent out our Jewish friends to go get Jesus' attention. Would you go tell Jesus that I said that I don't even need him to come to the house anymore because it just dawned on me how authority works. It just, just now, it just, it just hit me. I'm in authority. I'm under authority. And so I'm just like, if he, I heard he be doing all this healing and stuff. So, so just go tell him if he could just send a word back to me, he don't even have to come to my house. I mean, I mean, I would love to meet the dude one day, but he don't got to come today. Maybe when I'm out at the job, but he don't have to come today. So go tell him to just send his word. If he just sends his word, I know my servant will be healed. Chris and Toby Dip. They go and find Jesus. Jesus is walking back with the centurion's uh, uh, Roman friends and he says, hey, Jesus. Hey, uh, sorry to bother you. I know you're coming to my master's house, but my master told me to tell you. A lot of telling going back and forth. My master told me to tell you that you don't even have to go to the house no more. He said that from right here where you stand, if you will just send a word, he knows that his servant will be healed. And Jesus is like. I wish I just wish the people I'm, a, I'm called to. Would believe like you. This is. I don't have, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Every time I'm around the people that I've been sent and assigned to, they keep asking me for a sign to verify my authority. And this random Gentile man doesn't even need to meet me. Just based on what he heard, he believes in me. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. You tell your servant that I said, It's done. So they come back to the house to tell their boss, Jesus told me to tell you that, that he don't know nobody that has faith like you. You heard about his miracles. He just heard about your faith. And what he wants you to know is that um, your servant is healed. I think that while he was trying to tell him the servant walked by like, boop, 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 boop. Because scripture says when they came back home to tell him the servant was already healed, the miracle had already been done. See, it's done when he says it, not when you see it. I don't know who, I don't know who that was for right there. But when God gives a word, you will always hear it before you see it. In, 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 the, in, in the faith realm, we as believers, our ears are our eyes. You don't get what you see as a believer. You get what you hear. I'm going to stop and slow down right here. This is why the name it and claim it thing died. The whole, I I see that car, I'm going to lay my hands on that car because I'm going to get that car. I believe that God wants to give me that house because he wants me to live in a big house. No, no. You don't get what you see as a believer. You get what you hear. Anytime somebody starts telling me I'm believing God for something, and, and I'm asking them, what did you hear? Don't base it on what you saw. (laughs) So I, I just want to dig into this. This story to me intrigues me because because what I realize is that God's word is all we have as believers to stand on. We don't have that plus something else. We have this book. And what the Holy Spirit speaks to us is never going to be outside of the parameters of what he wrote in his word. And so I just want to give you three points based on this, because I believe that today somebody's faith is going to be increased and restored in the fidelity of God's word. There's some people in here that have been manipulated and, and have had God's word abused for manipulative uh, uh, purposes and control purposes. There have been people that have misused scripture to keep you in a certain age or stage or position that they want you to be. But I want to restore you your faith in God's words outside of the people that might have manipulated you with those words. So point number one, please write this down. We stand on the authority of God's word. Period. We stand on the authority of God's word. Here's what it says uh, in Matthew chapter number one. I love this. Uh, Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. Uh, Some people brought him uh, brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith. Can I just stop right there? The men brought their friend who was paralyzed on a mat and Jesus saw the faith of the people that brought him, not the faith of the man that had the paralysis. Sometimes God can carry you through a season just based on what other people are believing for you, not what you have for yourself. Scripture says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, be encouraged, my child. Your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Let me slow down. But some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? Let me slow it down. So some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? God. Because some of the religious leaders said to themselves, some of the religious leaders had said to themselves, it never came out of their mouth. It's what they were thinking in their heart. But they forgot who they were thinking in front of. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you have such evil thoughts in your heart? Can you imagine this scenario? And he said, what did you say? Huh? What? Whoa, hello, sir. Kind of invasive. You to be in my head and stuff. I I didn't say nothing. He said, why do you have such evil thoughts in your heart? Then he says this. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to stand up and walk? So, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Yeah. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. <laughs> and the man jumped up and went home. <laughs> I mean, that's where he wanted to go in the first place. Fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen, and they praised God for sending a man with such great. We stand on the authority of God's word. Let's rewind a bit. They they, they bring this paralyzed man in front of Jesus. Jesus looks down at the man. The paralyzed man is looking up at Jesus. Jesus looks down at the man. The paralyzed man is looking up at Jesus. And Jesus sees the paralysis of this man. And so he heals him right then and there. Your sins are forgiven. Wait, what? Sir... I don't know if you know this, but my friends came because they heard you heal. Yeah, yeah I, I just healed you, but um, I um, I'm still paralyzed. No, you're not. No, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly paralyzed. No, no, no. Uh, uh, what you call paralyzed and when I call paralyzed are two different things. See, see, see if, I, if I have the opportunity to heal you externally or heal you internally, I'm always going for the inside first. Because it's the man that looks at the outward appearance I'm looking at the heart. I want you to be healed from the inside out. That's all Jesus intended to heal until he heard the haters. The haters are the ones that got that man healed. This episode was over until they said. And then Jesus said, what did you say? Huh? And he said, what do you think is easier? For me to do it internally, or, you to do, or for me to do it externally? I, okay, so you don't think I have authority because you didn't see it. Okay. In that case, rise up, take up your bed, and walk. Now, now, here's the thing that's miraculous about this moment. It doesn't say how long the man had been paralyzed, but obviously he had been paralyzed long enough that uh, muscular atrophy would have been a part of this process. So not only did the paralysis get healed, but he was instantly strengthened to stand up, roll up his mat, put it on his shoulder and dip. (laughs) Okay. But we stand on the authority of God's word. If he says it, I can do it. Bottom line. It's not up for debate. If God says it, I do it. Uh June of uh, 1997, uh, I, am, I am on my knees praying. I'm about to come visit Dallas for the first time, uh, and I'm going to stay a month. I'm going to a singles conference because I was single at the time. Not no more. Um, <laughs> I was single at the time, and uh, the, the our entire Ross family... Uh, emanates from East Texas. And so I came out here to go to this conference and uh, to go to the Ross Family Reunion. I was going to stay for 30 days and go back home. Two days before I left, the Holy Spirit told me to buy a one-way ticket to Dallas. I got a word from the Lord internally. When I got that word, I began to read scripture. And when I read scripture, the Lord led me to Genesis 12 and 1 when he told Abram, get thee out of thy country and your father's house to a place that I will show you. Standing on that word, I packed three suitcases. The church raised $400 for me and bought me a one-way Greyhound bus ticket for me to get here. I am still here based on that word. I haven't needed 18 more words on top of that word. He's spoken to me about other things. But what has kept me here and and allowed me to produce fruit here is one word, buy a one-way ticket to Dallas. When when you stand on the word that God gives you, it will unfold everything else you need to have in your life. So we stand on the authority of God's word. Point number two, please write this down. We rest in the authority of God's word. We stand in the authority of God's word, but we also rest in it. When you have a word from God, you can calm down. When you get a clear word from the Lord, you can literally chill out and be like, oh, no, we're going to be good then. I got a word from the Lord. Well, you're still in the situation. There's still disease. Your child is still crazy. You still don't have a job. The finances are still low. But I have a word from God. And when I have a word from God, I rest. When I have a word from God, it brings me peace. When I have a word from God, I don't feel any more stress. Because once I have a word, it calibrates me to the situation that I'm going through. Without a word from God, then I have plenty of words for my situation. With the word from God, I find solace and safety. Here's what it says in Isaiah chapter number 55, starting at the eighth verse. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Can I just say, there's some stuff that God says and it just shrinks me. It just shrinks me in his presence and I'm like, I'm not big at all. (laughs) You ever been in God's presence and you just feel tiny you're just like I you know mm, wow well you're holy aren't you I'm gonna go ahead and calm down I thought I was somebody till I got here with you sir and uh majesty right you just my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts says the Lord and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine then he just clowns us for no reason for just as the heavens are higher than the earth so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts, sir, you win. No elevator to heaven. I don't know how I'm going to get up there. You win, sir. It is the same way. Oh, oh, uh, the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same way with my word, period. It will accomplish what? I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper where? And it will prosper where? Say it with a little more. uh, It will prosper where? Everywhere. Everywhere I send it, which means it don't just go to the church. That word could go to the club, That word could go to the trap house. That word could go into the middle of a domestic violence situation. That word could go into a crack house. A woman from the 9 a.m. service came to Guest Central to tell me, thank you so much for teaching that word. Because I used to be a crack addict. There's there's some people's testimonies when they tell you, you'd be like, you lying. (laughs) You're just making something up because you ain't got nothing else to do. You wouldn't you not no crack. This woman, beautiful skin, older woman. She said, no, 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 no. I was in the crack house. And while I was smoking crack, the Holy Spirit said, choose ye this day life or death. While I was smoking crack. I chose life. And at 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning, I called my father and said, I need you to come pick me up from this crack house. Here's the address. The father picked her up from the crack house. She was high as a kite. She got in the car, they drove straight to church. She gave her life to Jesus Christ, high as a kite. And she's been saved ever since. Because his word will never come back and say, you know, I tried to get the lady that you wanted off a crack, but she didn't want to come. No, his word never comes back empty handed. When it goes out, it will always come back saying, high five. I accomplished what it was that you told me. (laughs) Now, now, let me tell you about my little brother, Miles. My little brother, Miles, preceded me in death. He died uh, September 17th, 2004 in a single auto accident. He was killed instantly. He's in heaven. He gave his life to Christ two two, uh, years before he died. Uh, It was about three o'clock in the morning. He was drinking a 40 ounce of beer at three o'clock in the morning, minding his own business, sitting on the couch in his apartment living room. And while he was drinking that beer, minding his own business, the Holy Spirit said, you need to get saved. While he's drinking his 40. And so uh, he called my dad and my dad uh, worked for nights for the post office for like 30 years, 33 years. And uh, the Holy Spirit told my dad at the same time, three o'clock in the morning, hey, go out to the car and get your cell phone and turn it on. Because my dad turned it off at night because he knew uh, everybody was asleep. And so he didn't get it till he got in the car in the morning. Uh, and and, and the Holy Spirit said, go get your cell phone. And my dad said, why? Don't we always do that to the Lord? Like, How come we just can't be like, yes, sir? (laughs) Don't we always? But I don't understand what you want today. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to advance the kingdom, maybe, sir? How do you, you think you gave your life to me? To ask me questions? Can I just find a sermon that says yes the first time? Here we go, why? But I don't. Give her 20 dollars. She doesn't look like she needs to. Did, will you shut up! Obey God! So my dad goes out to the car and gets his cell phone, and as soon as he powers it on, it rings, and it's my brother. My brother says, "Hey, Dad." He said, "Hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey man." He said, uh, "I need to get saved." He said, "Do I need to wait until Sunday?" And he goes, "No, son, Romans 10:9." If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And my brother said, oh, yeah. And hung up the phone. <laughs> Confessed Christ in that moment, gave his life to Christ and finished his 40. What did y'all think was going to happen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought he poured it out. <laughs> yeah, I receive you, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> he finished that thing. He f- finished it. He finishes 40. But after that 40, God started doing something in his life because that word brought something into him that the world would never take away from him. Here's what it says in Psalms 107, verse number 19. Lord, help. Anybody beside me? Ever been there? You ain't got nothing else to pray. So frustrated, you just go into the prayer class, Lord help, <laughs> sick of this. <laughs> they cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. Here's how he did it. He sent out his word and healed them, wow. snatching them from the door of death. Let me, let me tell you how, how it plays out in the theater of my imagination. You're going through something, it's crazy. And 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 the and, and God just says, Stop. It stops. You're going through another situation. He just goes, It's over. And it's over. Goes through another situation. And he just goes, You're healed, and you are healed. Goes through another situation and goes, You're pure. You're just pure. Give your life to Christ. And he goes, you're righteous, and you're just made righteous. He didn't even do nothing to work for it. He just made you righteous. You find rest in it. Get a word from the Lord, and you just go, you know what? I can calm down now. My, my cousin Cookie uh, got cancer uh, several years ago, and uh, she beat the first round of it, went into remission, but then it came back. It came back with a vengeance. They said it was inoperable. They couldn't do anything else. And, and Cookie said, I'm in a win-win situation. If I live, God will heal me. But if I die, I get to go to heaven. She said it's a win-win situation. Listen, she was facing stage four cancer, but here's what she understood. I have a word from the Lord. And when I have a word from the Lord, I can rest. However he wants to do it, it's fine with me because I'm standing on God's word. Point number three, please write this down. Our faith is in the authority of God's word. Our entire faith is in the authority of God's word. Here's what it says in Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 17. So faith comes by hearing. <laughs> that is hearing the good news about Christ. This cracks me up every time. Uh, I read in NLT, but uh, it's almost like I'm bilingual. I have everything memorized in King James. <laughs> And so I'll see stuff come up on NLT and I'm like, just read what's there, man. And I still mess it up and say it in King James. So 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 faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By the good news about Christ. And let me tell you something. That word is a person. Need to help you right here. That that, that word is a person. When we talk about people receiving the truth, we're not talking about a theological debate. We're talking about them receiving a person. Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. So when we tell somebody to receive the word, we're actually telling them to receive a person. God's word literally went into the womb of a virgin. Let me just preach the gospel real quick. That word went into the womb of a virgin. She was pregnant off a word. In that womb, flesh got around that word. That word came into the earth and grew up on the earth, walked around interacting with everybody around him. That word healed people. That word set people free. That word opened up blind eyes. That word opened up the deaf ears. That word turned water into wine. That word raised Lazarus. That word said Kalitha Kumi, daughter, arise. That word went to the cross and bled. That word hung up and died. That word went silent for three days. But since his word can't come back void, that word got up. That word got back up with all power in his hand. And it's that word that we stand on in our best days, in our worst days, on our mountains, and in our valleys, the word. I stand on the word. I stand on the word of God. I don't stand on the words of people. I don't stand on the words of Enneagram, Strength Finders, Disc, Myers Briggs. I stand on the word of God. Can't tell me anything that can't be confirmed in that word, I won't receive it. I stand on the word of that God because that word is a person, and that person's still alive. <laughs> oh, this is His word. This is what we stand on, and, 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 and what I what I want you, what I want to challenge you to do is raise your biblical IQ. Because there is a word in his, in his word for your situation. But if you only know Jeremiah 29 and 11 and Psalm 23, then you have not explored his word in the way that you should to be able to stand on it. In t- Leviticus will speak to you if you get in it. As you get done reading all them discharges and all that stuff, God can speak to you out of Leviticus. He can speak to you out of Deuteronomy. He can speak to you out of Ezekiel. He can speak to you out of Joel and Amos. Uh, I don't want you to just have seven passages of Scripture that are popular. I want you to eat this book and be able to stand on this word. So when the enemy comes at you, you can go, no, 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 no. I read in First Chronicles in between all them begats that God can turn a situation around in 24 hours. Don't come at me, Satan. I know the word. If we stand on it, we can get something from it. God's word works. This is not positive confession. This is, this is the anchoring of our souls in the word that he gives. And I'm telling you, if you don't have his word working in your life, You're going to get your butt kicked. This is the weirdest way to end a sermon. (laughs) With the last words that you're hearing from me, you're going to get your butt kicked. That's literally all I have to tell you. (laughs) So get God's word because God's word works. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? I've just been on fire about this this message all day because I know what it's like to get a word from God and it literally changed your life. This church was built off of a word from God. The, The hope that we have comes from this this revelation that we get from his word. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.